Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, everybody. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, we're going to dive into the Biden email situation in a second. But I, I also wanted to just get into for a moment, if we can here, what the Wall Street Journal is calling the race to succeed President Biden is heating up on the 2024 campaign trail. Now, Clay, so this is what I find so interesting about this. You have, uh, there's some, there's some political dynamics that we all need to keep in mind going this. First of all, you're going to have, and I, I know it's not determined yet, and who knows, and I'm the one who always says nobody knows, right? But Clay and I know a lot, but nobody knows everything. Um, and certainly nobody knows about the future that it looks like it's going to be Trump. As a nominee. So if it's going to be Trump as a nominee, you're going to have Trump. And, and I think it's going to be Biden. Clay thinks it still might not. But you're going to have two guys, if that is the case, who only can have one term. Right. Both candidates would only be able to serve four more years either way. So that invites a lot of calculations on the Republican and the Democrat side about, well, who's the successor? You know, if, if you're going to if you think uh, if you think about this. You gotta wait eight years before it's your time. Who knows what's gonna happen in eight years, right? I mean, you know, how do you stay relevant? What's the, what's the electorate gonna look like? I mean, there's all these different things. Four years? A lot of politicians would be like, yeah, I can, I can, uh, war game out how to do this for the next four years. This is interesting because circling around on the Democrat side, you have this, this game that they're playing, and this is what the Wall Street Journal is writing about, where you have obviously Gavin Newsom, but a number of others as well who are doing this. Oh, I'm just, you know, they're running kind of under the fig leaf, not running, but they're, they're running around the country under the fig leaf that this is just about getting to know the nation and wink, wink. It's really about 2028. But it may also be about 2024 at the same time, right? So they're playing this double game and you're starting to see a number of, 
of these candidates. But what's so interesting is how does, and this is, this is again, the piece is about, uh, Kamala, or rather the photo in the piece is Kamala Harris Clay. There is a vice president right now. Yeah. And I think that on the one hand, you have some of these Democrats like Newsom and others who, I mean, to say that they're ambitious is the understatement of the century, but they also don't want to be seen as undermining the existing Biden-Harris ticket that is still what they've got, but they also want to prepare themselves to shove Kamala aside as soon as they can get away with it, right? So there's a dance going on here. A part of me feels like, narratively, Buck, the only way that identity politics gets blown up in a really big way is by Joe Biden winning re-election, dying, and or becoming so incapacitated that he can no longer be president, Kamala Harris gets elevated, and everybody says, holy crap, how did this ever happen? And the answer is, because California, which is ahead of the curve on this diversity and identity cosmetic theater BS, decided that Kamala Harris, half Indian, half black woman, was what they wanted the leader of California to look like, both as attorney general and then as senator, and this was the essence of her entire campaign. But Americans, remember, this is important. She dropped out of the race before any vote occurred in the Democrat primary with 1% or 2% of the support. Black people didn't rally to her. Democrats didn't rally to her. As you mentioned earlier, Buck, in theory... Black women who vote 97 to 3 should have all said, finally, we've got, hallelujah, a black woman who is going to represent us at the head of the party ticket. They didn't show up for Kamala. And I think on many levels, it's because identity politics is so BS. But I think the whole nation, Buck, sadly, might need to see someone like Kamala Harris elevated far beyond what her actual capabilities as a leader would reflect she is able to do in order for all of this to blow up. Because I think, I think that that involves way too much faith in, in people's ability to see what a think mess people it would, would just be. Defend, I think so. I think if Biden, like, I can't believe we have to even talk about this, but if Biden won, I think he would die or become so physically incapacitated that Kamala Harris would get elevated. Can I, I want to put down this marker right Can now. Can you believe you're... that we even have to have this conversation about whether the president would die and we, not because he's getting assassinated or because some like unexpected occurrence happens, but just because I don't think Joe Biden can yes. live for five more years he, he based could, on looking could, at him. You know, he could be, you know, eating breakfast one moment and then, I mean, the guy's that old. Yes. Right. I mean, what, what, if the president were 90 years old, would it be strange for us to sit around and say, guys, I don't know how much longer. No, the president, I mean, he's over 80. He's going to be 82. Um, right. I mean, uh, by the time he he's going to be, he's going to turn 81 this year. He will turn 82 yeah. next year before the election. Right. Okay. So even before the election, he'll be 82. I think, I think I'm right. So, on that. so that's now the age thing. Democrats say it's a problem. I've been saying this all along. I know people don't want to hear it, but we all know it's true. If you're going to run a 78 year old against an 82 year old, it doesn't really stick all that much, you know. So this is just one of the one of the issues. You know, we can talk about MAGA. Trump's amazing. He was a great president. All these phenomenal things, true. But the age thing is largely nullified as an election issue if you have people who are seventy-eight and eighty-two. That's just. I mean, I don't see how else you can you can see it other than uh, that's the way this is going to break down. 
on the but but back to the Kamala thing, if I can, for a moment here. Um, Kamala Harris. They also don't want to undermine her because, and I mean, I see they, these Democrats, Newsom yeah. is like the, Newsom is the king of the stealth my campaign. Boy, right my now. boy, my boy Newsom is. Clay's going to text him after the show. They're going to go surfing together in Malibu. He's going to get all the, all the dirt first. You get all the story. But, uh, we, but we got to get him on the show at some point. I'm going to, I'm going to come at him like Allie's you come at Peg. It's going to be great. Week. We made a request and they seemed gung ho about it. I think November is when this DeSantis Newsom debate's going to happen, which to me, is again, I can understand the Biden people being like, you're debating one of the primary candidates. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, that's super weird on Newsom's behalf. Like, the fact well, that exactly, he can do it. Right. Yeah. So, but the way that he gets away with it is this discussion of, oh, or, or the, impl- the implication is, oh, it's, you know, it's about the blue state model and sure, 2028. I'm thinking about it, guys, but I'm all on team Biden. Okay. We've talked about the health issues. There's also the possibility that, and I, I think this is is very slim, but I don't think it can be entirely discounted by the Democrats right now. You know, I, I would give it 10 to 1 odds, but there is this possibility that Biden gets a real a real problem from an electoral perspective, meaning even the Democrat apparatus itself says now, I, again, I don't think this will happen. I think Biden will be the nominee, but nobody knows. We talked about the health issue. They've got to be aware of that. That means Kamala could ascend before the end of Biden's first term. There's a possibility that Kamala Harris would have to ascend. We think it's unlikely, and you know, we wish everyone good health and long lives and all the rest of it. But on this email thing, you know, the, the, the pressure here is building a little bit, and this is where the, the National Archives says it has 5,400 Biden emails in which the president could have used, potentially used, fake names to forward government information and to talk about business with his son, Hunter. That is the Daily Mail headline. Um, the emails are connected to the aliases Robin Ware, Robert Peters, J.R.B. Ware, all pseudonyms that 80-year-old Biden was known to use while serving. Now, the use of pseudonyms itself is not, you know, because it's like if you use Joe, you know, Joe.Biden at gmail.com, you know, you're, you're probably going to get a lot of emails from a lot of, or, you know, Joe Biden at whitehouse.gov. You're probably going to get a lot of emails from people who you don't want to get emails from. So they use pseudonyms fine. But in these emails that there's now a FOIA request claim, which is why this is getting some attention. People are starting to say, Republicans are starting to demand more transparency on this because does anybody think for one second that Joe Biden's OPSEC, we would have called it in the CIA, was so good that when he was writing personal emails under pseudonyms, he didn't maybe get into a little, that Hunter wasn't emailing him, hey, Dad, I need another $2 because I'm an idiot, but they say, you know, I, I think that there could be something in here. I don't know if it'll ever be enough. The Democrats abandon Biden, but I do think this is a it is a um, a risk factor that has entered into all of this. Oh, I got so much on this Biden thing. So um, let's just think about it in this big picture idea. I know you said, Buck, that you think that there the fact that Trump is seventy eight versus eighty two takes age off the table. I actually, I should, can I, can I revise that a yeah. little bit? 
it it blunts it as an issue. It doesn't take it I, off I the agree table. That okay. Because Trump is obviously, you know, more with it and everything yeah. else. But I mean, Clay, if you had if you had George W. Bush, if you had Barack Obama, if you had Mitt Romney, you know, go ahead and list of candidates, that kind of a candidate age wise, I'm not talking about who they are as yeah. people, against Joe Biden, it's a big problem. Here this is something interesting from uh that I was gonna hit. This is an AP poll. What words come to mind? Uh, when you think of Joe Biden or Donald Trump, old, outdated, aging, elderly, 26% of people say that comes to mind for Joe Biden. Slow, confused, bumbling is another 15%. All right. So 41, those are not good adjectives, right? Uh, you, you, here's what's interesting. Same thing for Trump. 26% say, think that Biden is old, outdated, aging, and elderly. Only 1% of people say that about Trump. Uh, slow, confused, bumbling, 15% say that about Biden. 3% say that about Trump. The challenge is people think Trump is dishonest. So what's interesting here, Buck, is you've got, even though they're relatively similar ages, like, for instance, Bernie is one year older than Joe Biden. Whatever you think about Bernie Sanders, do you think that Bernie is bumbling and old? Bernie is like sharp. I mean, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders, but if you compare him cognitively with Joe Biden, you put those guys on the stage side by side, I don't think it, even though Bernie's a year older, I don't think people have the same reaction to him. Oh, Does that make Bernie sense? Bernie is, is still a mentally agile communist. There's no doubt about it. Right. Like Bernie could come on this show and make arguments that we would disagree with, but he could respond to what we say and argue with us. I, I I've said this before. I, I really if, if I think you had, underestimate how Joe Biden can come. Remember people used to say they were giving him meds or something to oh, just for the debates. He's he can kind of go into robot mode. It's not good. You and I know it's not good, but it's not Fetterman. It he yeah, hasn't had a true. Fetterman situation. And if he can stand up there and kind of shuffle with his feet and the whole thing and just put his big grin on and he's got all the, all the stuff they've done to his face so he doesn't look as old as he is. And he just, you know, has those big Biden, that big Biden smile and says the required stuff. I, I, if we're hanging our hat on Biden's going to flop at a debate against Trump, I think we got to have more of a strategy than that. I don't know. I I just don't think that's likely. It didn't happen well, last time. It didn't I don't know happen that he'll in twenty twenty. So I think that's part of the challenge. Um, and I I do think that, like we were saying, we'll come back and talk about this more. But the idea, Buck, that one of our concerns would be that the president might die should never. I mean, and I don't mean again. God of forbid, natural causes because of yes, old age is what he's you're just going to yeah. die because he's old. That should never be a concern that we should ever have in America. Wait, like that, that just Feinstein shouldn't be able to happen. Can no longer tie her shoes. Honestly, that's not. A, this is she's no longer able to dress and clothe herself. She's still a sitting senator. We have a problem as a country. That generation needs to spend more time with the grandkids and less time obsessed with power. When you're talking about the political leadership. Buck, she has power of attorney that she signed over to her daughter, and she's still representing the state of California in every major issue in the Senate. She can't even sign a contract to bind herself, yet she can vote to bind the state of California. 
and our nation. It's crazy. Innovation refunds. Been helping small businesses get a tax refund through the employee retention credit. That's the ERC. Filings complicated, paperwork requirements detailed, innovation refunds dedicated to helping business owners navigate a complicated process. Their research shows a large number of small businesses who had from five to 500 full-time employees in 2020 or 2021 might still be eligible for an ERC tax deduction. If your business suffered when the government put shutdown orders into effect, you may be eligible for a substantial refund up to $26,000 per employee. Innovation Refunds works with an independent network of tax professionals. They'll share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com. You can also call them to see if you qualify. Number 1-843-REFUNDS. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. 1-843-REFUNDS. Innovationrefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Voices of sanity in an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network. IHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Wanted to mention that great friend of the show, Mike Pence, um... We invited him to come on this week. I'm not making this up. I I want to give everybody who's running for president an opportunity to make the case to you. We've had everybody on. 
wanted to make, I, I said, hey, uh, last week to, to Ali, our producer, who's up uh, on vacation in Massachusetts this week, I said, hey, make sure we reach out to Mike Pence, invite him on. You can say the invite's coming directly from me because Buck was out. I know we disagree on the pardon issue. You heard it, heard us go at it, but I want, I'm, I disagree with people on a lot of different things every day. It doesn't mean that I don't think they should be able to talk to this audience. I swear to you, this is true. Mike Pence's team got back to us. They said he's not going to have good cell phone reception all this week. And so he can't come on as a guest. So <laughs> can I just ask? And I, I Clay, you got to be honest here, all right? It's only I we're trusting you. This audience is trusting you. To be honest. Have you ever faked bad connection or static on a phone call just to get off of it? <laughs> ever, psh, 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 I want, I've never, I, I've I never actually faked. I can't it, hear you. But can you imagine saying we're going to have bad cell phone reception for the entire week? I would have had more respect if they had just said Mike Pence hates Clay. He refuses to come back on the show. Like, I would have been like, I think that's an exaggeration. I think he's overreacting. I, I, I can't believe you've never, you've never played the bad reception. I've played the bad reception game many times. I'm not going to, oh, I, hey, I can't hear you, buddy. I gotta get back to you another time. I don't even, but, I don't, see, the thing is, I don't like talking on the phone if there's not a direct goal of the phone call, right? So I would rather text. Unless there's something that is really important that needs to be talked about on the phone. But the, think about the, the, the Mike Pence team. They're claiming that they're running for president of the United States. They don't want to come on the biggest radio show in the in entire Republican firmament for an entire week. And their excuse is we're not going to have good cell phone reception for a whole week for a whole week. Are, are, are you going to be underwater? Like there's no at, you're telling me at no point in time. In the next week, he said, we're going to be all over Iowa. We don't have good cell phone reception in this part of Iowa. Are there parts of the whole state of Iowa that don't get cell phone signals? Is that no, possible? No, nobody on his staff has. I, I, I guess they're all with a poor cell service carrier, too. Nobody can figure this out. No, This would be an incredible transition to Pure Talk. Unfortunately, it's not a Pure Talk ad, because if they had Pure Talk, they'd have great reception. But it is time for all of you to go ahead and preserve all your memories. The best moments of your life if you have a rich history of making great family movies. All those old VHS cassettes, they're not made to last forever. How about all your old photographs? How many of you right now in your house, I bet the answer is almost 100% of you, have old VHS tapes or old photos in a shoebox, old album? How many of you have worked to preserve these forever? Unfortunately, not everybody. Legacy Box has done... For nearly a million and a half families, the hard work of preserving their family memories forever, transitioning it to a digital file. They can do the same for you. And right now, you can get 55% off if you go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's LegacyBox.com slash Clay. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. I have been telling you all along, everybody, that this election cycle can change in a heartbeat. That you won't see something until it happens, and then we'll be in a totally different reality. The whole thing, the whole field, shaken up by one event. And I have some breaking news for you right now that will do none of those things. <laughs> but it is breaking news. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez is the first of the declared Republican candidates in this cycle to say he's not running for president anymore. I, I don't think this is any big shock. He put out a 
statement on this. Running for president, the greatest honor of my life, et cetera, et cetera. Met so many great people. I have decided to suspend my campaign for president, but my commitment to making this a better nation for every American remains. So he is out. I would argue that of Republican registered voters, I don't know, man, 10% knew this guy was, knew that he, not supported him, obviously. Knew that he was in the race? Do you think it's about 10%? Too high? I, I, not, okay, so first of all, I don't want to make fun of him. Because, let me say this. I think as soon as you know that you can't be elected president of the United States, you should drop out. And I think there's a lot of people who also know they're not going to get elected that refuse to drop out. For instance, and I'm just naming, I'm going to go ahead and name names. Mike Pence, you have a 0% chance of being elected president. Wow. He, he can't even call in because of his bad cell phone reception and Clay's they probably don't, They probably don't have radio service either. Mike Pence, you have a 0% chance of being elected president. You should drop out. Asa Hutchinson, you have a 0% chance of being elected president. You should drop out. Doug Burgum, you have a 0% chance of being elected president. You should drop out, right? I would say... At this point in time, if you don't have a credible path to win Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, or uh, or Nevada, the first four, I believe, of the caucus or the primary states, you should drop out right now. Okay. okay. And so, hold, hold, but, but yeah. One, one thing, one thing, Clay, you're giving him credit for facing reality. Correct. I, I, yeah, but I don't think this guy, I, I think that if he could have raised enough money to keep going, the poll, it's not that the, he wasn't getting support. I, I don't think it's really possible for him to keep running. I mean, not in any sort of, you know what I mean? Like he, he probably ran How, out of money. I, I don't, I mean, what is the cost to fly to Iowa and like have two people set up an event for you at, you know, like, I mean, I think I could run for president right now, uh, and just off Anyway, like, I don't think the cost is that much, right? I think I could run for president off of, uh, my, my radio salary and, and not need to raise a dollar, right? Like, I don't think it's that expensive to fly to Iowa, get in a rental car and drive around and do events. But do you agree with me? Like, so when I just said all those people who should drop out, I believe right now, if you look at Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina and Nevada and say those are the first four primary or caucus states, we know Trump is the big favorite. He could win one of those states. Could win all four. Could not be close. DeSantis could. Whether you like him or not, Chris Christie is polling at like second overall in New Hampshire. And then Nikki Haley and Tim Scott could clearly win South Carolina. Vivek, like there should be right now six candidates running for president. Everybody else should drop out. That It should be down to six right now. Yeah, but it ne- that's never how it works. As we know, there. But I give credit. Like the- everybody's going to make fun of Suarez for dropping out. It actually would have been easier for him to just stay in. Nobody notices. Clay, and then he quietly drops out, like in you know February or something. It, it was it was madness for him to run from day one. There were there was Correct. no constituency. There was a. You have to remember, people think, oh Miami. I live in Miami. Miami is a major city. The Miami-Dade County, uh, uh, you know, official 
has far more authority. The Miami mayor specifically is not really uh, that big of a job. I mean, it's not it's not the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, like Mayor Pete. Lots of love to South Bend, but I'm just saying it's not a big city. And Mayor Pete was the mayor there and then ran for president. But Suarez was in no in no serious position to run for the. But I like I look at this Clay. You know he's. He's, he's Team Suarez here. You know, he's, I'm he's, just, a, I'm just calling he's a handsome you know, man. He's very smooth when you talk to him. He's very, uh, very slick on camera. It's to me like running for president should be like dating if your goal is to actually get married. As soon as you know that you're not go, if your goal is to marry, right? If your goal is just to have somebody fun to hang out with and everything else, and as long as both parties know it, fine. But if your goal is to get married and maybe one day have kids, as soon as you are dating someone and you know, I'm not going to marry this person, I'm not going to have kids, there is no future, I think you should break up. To me, running for president should be the same thing. As soon as you know, there is no iota of a chance that I could be elected president, you should drop out of the presidential race. I think most people who run for president, it's almost impossible for them until until the numbers all start coming in and the votes are cast uh, for them to think in those terms, because for them to run in the first place in a lot of these cases, not all of them is rooted in a, uh, almost a, a like a narcissistic delusion. And <laughs> I mean, just to be fair, I mean, I think that's I think reality. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think it's true. Uh, and I would also say there's something in the background here of, of all the different candidates who are running that they won't talk about, but, I do, I can tell you this, they do think about it. And that is, what if Trump does get locked up? I mean, actually locked up in prison. Now, I think it's not going to happen, but I don't know. What if Trump does get taken off the ballot or, you know, what if some of these, these deep state machinations for some, in some way, take Trump truly off the chessboard? They got to be looking at his 50%, meaning he's not even like a viable candidate anymore in some way. Again, we're talking about, you know, this is like lightning strike out of nowhere stuff, but 50% of the votes would be up for grab overnight. So I, I think in their minds, given what Trump faces here, oh, you mean actually taken off the ballot? Yes. Because or, or, I think or taken out of, you know, taken out of content. Trump, uh, you know, because of the criminal prosecutions or look, this is, you could say not even one or a hundred, maybe it's one in a million, but I think in the back of their minds, they think, you know, maybe maybe Trump doesn't even really get all the way through the primary and things change. I I I believe that the other candidates think that's a possibility. I think it could be true. But do you agree with me? There's only six candidates that have a chance now. Yeah, well, well, the numbers show that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm the being, I think, generous in, in saying there's six. I mean, I think you could argue five. I think you could argue four. Like, what is Will Hurd and, you know, Larry Elder has our job. But if you can't get on the stage in August... You're not going to get on the stage in September. I think we need to winnow the field because I would actually like for, like I felt bad for Tim Scott. He basically vanished in the August debate. Did it, I mean, the debate last week. I, partly that's because there's too many people on the stage. Like you I need mean, I, four or five I, I, at even, most. Even when I watched this back in Scotland, which was amazing, uh, even when I watched back the debate, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, you look at these guys and gals and, and what is the first thing that comes to mind? 
you know, what is the, what is like the tagline? What's the, you know, they always, uh, yeah. they'll do like a one-liner for a movie. Like the original for Ghostbusters was like, yeah. was like space janitors fighting ghosts or something, right? You look at these guys. With Trump, it's like ultimate outsider fighting the deep state, making America great again, right? You look at Vivek, it's like super smart, uh, uh, you know, biotech guy who is going to take this sort of new, new age, almost like a neo-Trumpian approach thing. Okay, whatever. Nikki Haley, you know, Raytheon stock needs some help. She wants, you know, like, anyway, point being, that's unfair. That's unfair. That was actually a Vivek line, as you all know. But, you know, you, you look at these different candidates, and if you don't have a what do they stand for right away, I think it's very hard for them to mobilize any kind of a movement. And I think that people see Tim Scott, Senator Scott, and they think uh, an honorable, good guy who's doing good things for the country that he loves and has an inspiring story, I don't know what he thinks he's... I don't know what he's trying to do in the role. That that was the the takeaway that I had from the debate. Like, what? How is he different from the other candidates in terms of the ideas that he would pursue? Um, And then you got to, like, Doug... I mean, I've asked you, what does Doug Burgum stand for, Clay? I mean... There you go, the silence. No, no, no. no. I mean, and I think you're hitting... I wrote a lot in American Playbook about this um, because when I studied uh, creative writing, I got a master's degree in creative writing. I'm not only a nerd, I'm also evidently a a struggling artiste or something. Um, So you can attack me in many different directions. You're like the only person I know that has that degree, I'm just going to say. That's a rare one. I don't know anyone with creative writing I've got a JD of the law degree, and then I've got a master's of fine arts in creative writing. So uh, there is a world out there where I could have been a creative writing professor. Uh, but one of the one of the things you learn, I try to demystify writing, Buck, because you're writing a book right now. I feel like a lot of people who are writers, they want to make writing seem more complicated than it is. And I, and I write this in the book, but you ever hear of a plumber having plumber block? Like if you called the plumber and he came over to your house and you're like, man, I got a, 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 a pipe. Isn't a plumber blocked. all about blockage? Fixing the plumber blocks. Right. But if the plumber got in and he's like, sorry, man, I'm just all in my head right now. Or you called an electrician and they got there and they're like, hey, can you like get the electricity back on here? And the electrician was like, man, I'm sorry. I just got a lot of really complicated thoughts in my head right now. No, writers like try to make writing look more complicated than it is. Every story that's truly great, I believe this, can be broken down to a sentence. And every political campaign that wins, ultimately the branding comes down to a sentence. And we do this. And I'm stunned by the number of guys and gals who run for elective office. And to your point, Buck, they're just kind of a jumble of ideas that don't distill or coagulate into anything. And again, we're down to six. There should be six people running for president of the United States right now. Everybody else should should drop out um, who's not in that six in the Republican side. I mean, I think the biggest problem in the six... That I, the most obvious issue that I would see is with someone like with, with with Vivek. Um, if Trump is great at everything and did a great job and already had the job for four years, why are you running? I, I asked I him still, that exact question last week, and he said he says he wants Trump, Trump to be his mentor. Yeah. Trump doesn't want to be his mentor. Yeah. I, I got news for him. That's it. not really, but that's, that's his a dodge. answer. Yeah, that's his answer. I know. I heard the answer. You know, Mike Pence might, would, might be able to call in if only he had better cell phone service. That's we true. Know this, my friends, it's a fact. Can't, for the whole week, he can't even make a cell phone call can't according to his team. So I hope some of his team, maybe they're getting a little bit of the of the radio waves making it where the cell phone waves can't. 
and they can learn about this thing called Pure Talk, which is the best cell phone service provider you can possibly have. You're talking about the most reliable 5G network you can get anywhere in the country. So you can call into your favorite radio show and face Clay once again if you want to, and you're a former vice president. Oh, plus you can switch to Pure Talk and upgrade right now to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy. This 5G Samsung Galaxy has a two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited text, talk, and 15-gigabyte data plan for just 35 bucks a month, the phone becomes yours, plus it comes with a mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Customer service is standing by. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, We have got a monster 
feedback from uh, our discussion earlier. We'll take some of your calls here. Uh, let's go ahead and take some of your calls because I want to yeah. play. I was going to play Vivek and Al Sharpton, which I think is funny, but maybe we'll save that Next for the third hour. hour. We're yeah. going to hold you through, folks. You got to stay with us to that third hour. So we've got dueling uh, perspectives in Arizona. One person, uh, one uh, woman agrees with me. The other one does not. We'll start with the disagreeer. Uh, Megan in Gilbert, Arizona, what do you think? Hey, Clay, I think, I think I heard you say that DeSantis' promotion of a six-week abortion was, I think you said too close. Do you mean that's too, too pro-life? Yeah, I think for a national election, I think that being, uh, in favor of a six-week abortion ban would get you beaten. Okay, well, I'm a huge fan of you and Buck. But Clay, I think you're wrong on this. I really you gotta do. tell us I, why. Start, look, yep, there are I'll many things why. every day that I am wrong on. So you don't. I don't. I encourage everybody out there. You don't have to agree with me on anything. So explain why you think I'm wrong. Well, I think that str- like really strong pro-life commitments have been what historically has gotten Republicans elected. Moderate Republicans, like let's say who are moderately pro-life, they always lose. Like I think of McCain. And I'm an Arizonan. I think of McCain. I think of Dole. In those way back, you guys were probably too young even to remember that. I mean, I was. But I I remember those. (laughs) And abortion. But uh, let me just say this, Megan. When you mention, sorry to cut you off, but when you mention McCain, he ran against Obama 2008, which is probably the best campaign anybody has run, whether you like it or not, in the 21st century so far. And and uh, Dole ran against Clinton '96 as the incumbent, like. In other From words, 2016's better than Obama 2008, but keep going. Uh, in terms of the landslide win, so Megan, if you're right, and, and look, I'm well open to the idea that I'm wrong about everything because, uh, I'm, I've been married 19 years. I hear that I'm wrong about everything all the time, right? So Megan, just why would DeSantis's six week abortion ban have not propelled him stronger in the Republican primary? Cause Trump clearly wouldn't support a six-week abortion ban, like, why do you think it hasn't resonated then with the Republican electorate, which is more pro-life than the larger national electorate would be? Well, this is where you know things better than I do. You have a bigger picture. I can just go historically and see, as I look in past elections, when it comes to the bottom line, abortion is the Democrat's sacred cow. Let them have it. That I think when we try to get wishy-washy with it, to help our side, it doesn't work. So I think there's a truth to be realized that there are many conservatives, honestly, who will not support someone who, you know, pretends to be conservative and then tries to get wishy-washy on abortion. I just have not seen it work in our it's federal an interesting, election. interesting argument. We're going to take another call. Thank you for listening, Megan. So my position would be it's not wishy-washy to say somewhere in the first trimester – We can figure out where or whatever week you want to establish, there is a line that should be drawn. Figuring out where that is, a lot of Republicans disagree. Where we're united is nine-month abortion is wrong. And really, third trimester abortion is wrong. I mean, and the North Carolina is legal for the first five months, which I think is surprising to people. So there's some states where it's way more permissive than you would anticipate. But you would agree, Buck, that where we're all united... 
listening right now, I think, is third trimester abortions is should not be allowed. And that's where you focus on how radical the Democrat abortion policy is. Well, second and third for sure. Um, third, a hundred billion percent, and every Democrat's in favor of it. More coming up. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.